warning, warning, that man is here. Prepare yourselves. Uh, hey guys, welcome back to uh, uh, Discovering SCP. It's a new week, new episode. Um, we've got some exciting SCPs today, some real good ones. Um, but um, if you've seen the title, you might already know what uh, what is coming up this time. So we all know how much you enjoyed um, um, seeing DJ Cactus come in when we did the uh, SCP, uh, the Site 13 one. So I didn't think I'd be able to get this, but I actually did some digging around. And uh, we've actually got the next biggest guy uh king j why don't you say hello <laughs> uh hey everyone i'm uh king j oh but god. my friends call me jack oh my god it's him <laughs> can, can, can we call you jack uh yeah go ahead i consider you my friend <gasps> oh my god. so you've written some scps of course you've written... well of course if they, if they click the video they know what scps you're in. i don't i don't even have to tell yeah. them yeah yeah, yeah, do we yeah. even need to say your name? I mean, yeah. And if you I don't mean, know what SCPs I've Jay. written, you'll find them eventually. Yeah, yeah just, of um, course. <laughs> I mean, if you're just looking on that page, I'm sure you'll uh, see them. Uh, and uh, you have a new book coming out as well, right? They don't, they don't, yeah, they don't yeah. need to hear him. Well, I'm sure uh, they've seen the commercials. Right, everyone, every, everyone knows. I'm, I'm sorry for wasting your time. I'm so sorry, Jack. Uh, right, Tim, um, how, many, how many SCPs do we have today? Um, so, when I heard that we got King J Cameron, I, I went out and got one, two, three SCPs. Uh, bada bing, bada boom. Three. All so, right. Um, well, is moving exceptionally fast, actually. So, how have you been this last uh, week, Darnell? We need some filler. <laughs> um, well, it's just, you know, I've been doing a lot of recording. We've been working on Amori. We just got to a really pretty crazy part in that. Uh, mm. I've had a lot of family stuff. I don't want to get too into that on the YouTube, but... It's it's been tough, but we're making it through. And then um, some D and D complications, as you know, Tan with our group. Uh, player didn't show up. I had to talk to them. We're rescheduling. We're gonna we're gonna figure something out the week after weekend after this week. Give everybody some time to cool off. Uh, so so it's kind of mixed. Um, but because like you know a lot of bad things have happened. But also mm. I got Sims Four, and that Is that, that counteracts everything. Uh, well, you're in it. We played a little bit together. Uh, I don't think we're gonna do it on the channel or anything, but I'll probably like randomly stream it in in like the the Discord server if you guys ever want to attend. That's been fun. And so far, it's just me and Tanhony in the house, but we'll see who else. We yeah, can you get. can find the uh, the voice channel just underneath the April Space uh, chat there. So you might want to stop playing all the way. And uh, what about you, King J? I, sorry, I mean Jack. What have you been up to this last uh, week? Uh, I haven't really been uh, doing much except playing Pathologic 2 for hours on end. Uh, very depressing Ooh. game. I absolutely love it. Uh, I think Tan in particular would enjoy it. Uh, basically, uh, it, you're yeah. in a surrealist nightmare hellscape where a plague has hit, and uh, you have to fight against the town you're trying to save uh, because... I, I guess they don't like you trying to save them. Uh, oh, this this actually sounds pretty cool. Is this like some AAA game that's like a lot of resources, or is this like a game I can easily it's, pick up it's, and it's, run on my computer? It's basic. Imagine if, if like Human Echo it's was quite, made pretty by casual. Depressed Russians. It's pretty casual. <laughs> so I it's like it's a plug and play. It's like yeah. a visual. It's like a visual no, novel. No, 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 no. It's a, it's a Slav jank shooter. It's great. I would describe oh, it as like survival right. horror with emphasis on the survival because good god are you going to die. 
Yeah. I'm, I, I might have to give that a look-see. And then, uh, last but certainly not least, uh, Mr. Tanhony, what have you been up to? I've been doing my thing. I've been reading some... Well, I've not been reading anything. I've been writing some April Space. I've used the entire wrong word. I'm a writer, as you can tell. Um, are are you? I mean, you did make 5,000, and that's kind of, you know... Eh. What do you mean? You know, it's just kind of, eh. I, mean, I think he's saying, that stuff, you wrote, I mean. he's saying that you wrote the SCP-5000. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but it's not. Don't, 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 no, answer me something. Answer me something. I mean, I've written SCP yeah. five thousand. Jack, Jack here has written. Well, we know what he's written. What? Have, who are you? Um. Well, you, you know, I haven't really published a lot of my works. You know, uh, I like to put aspiring in front of the word author on my profile, so people Use know stuff that means I haven't wrote anything. But I want to pretend Wait, that I'm an author. Yeah. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, you, you missed my joke because you were insulting me. My, I said I was making a joke about people who call themselves aspiring something because they don't want to do that thing. Uh, it's funny, funny that we were talking about, or someone mentioned Vampire the Masquerade a little bit ago because I remember Vampire the Masquerade. Oh yeah. The exact joke. <laughs> it's true. If you if you're doing something, even if it's not your official career yet, you can just call yourself that thing. If you say aspiring, it just reeks of like insecurity about the fact that you do that thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, for example, Tan, you're already writing Eighth Real Space and SCP. You wouldn't call yourself an aspiring writer. You are a writer. Exactly. He aspires yeah. to write more things. Anyway, <laughs> is the Vampire Masquerade thing real? Is there actually a new game, or were you just making a joke earlier? No, that's coming out. Um, because haven't they not made a new video game in like 10,000 years? Or am I dumb? There's a new developer. They're making a new game, but apparently the development cycle has been absolute hell. And they also fired like half the staff, including the main writers. Oof, so I'm not looking that. forward to oh, it as a fan of the original game. <laughs> I keep meaning to start the original game, but I, I always sort of back out. I'm going to try and give it another try soon. I, I think you'd like it if you were though, able but... to sync the time into it. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, anyway, we've right, mounted so too much filler. SCP is... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, sorry, so sorry, I've been uh, distracting so... you all. Yeah, so so you clicked on discovering SCP, but joke's on you, we fucking shot the shit for seven minutes. We're gonna talk uh, about everything but discovering SCP. <laughs> Alright, first SCP, let's go, send us the, the SCP link. SCP of today. And I hope you didn't do anything as... You, you didn't do anything as tacky. You're not set putting in any of King Jay's articles, right? Because I don't think I could do them justice. Well, I, well, I don't think... Well, of course, we've already discovered those. It's impossible not to. So. Right. But, exactly. But, Even I saw them, and I didn't know anything about SCP coming in. You know, you just dreamt about them. Yeah. All right, so, anyway, so this is 3008? Yeah, this is called A Perfectly Normal, Regular Old Ikea by Mortos. Not to be confused with Mortis, our friend whose name changed. Oh, I know this one. Mm, mm, mm. Really? Oh, okay, don't spoil it, because I don't. All right, Tan, hit us off. Or unless you would like to read King J. Oh, no, go ahead. Oh, sure. So I also like, to, I like how episodes where we have guests, because it's also a way for me to sort of make other people do my job and read parts of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but don't say that to Jack, please. I, I really want him to talk to well, me after this. He's so Jack cool. is present, so I have just said it to him. You fucking Let's bastard. get into it. Mm -hmm. Item number SCP 3008. Object class Euclid. Special containment procedures. The retail park containing the SCP has been purchased by the Foundation and converted into Site Blank. 
all public roads leading to or passing by St. Blanc have been redirected. The entrance to the SCP has been monitored at all times, and no one has entered the SCP outside of testing as permitted by the senior researcher. Humans exiting the SCP are to be detained and then debriefed prior to the administration of amnestics. Depending upon the duration of their stay in the SCP, a cover story may need excuse me, may need to be generated prior to their release. Any other entities exiting the SCP are to be terminated. Interesting. The special containment procedures doesn't really give me a lot to go off of. I'm just... What I'm hearing is it's in a retail park, which is like a clump of stores. Um, no one's allowed to go in, and I guess people that have come in, no one's allowed to exit. They're detained and debriefed and then given amnestics. So I'm thinking it's some sort of store that's fucky, um, but I'm curious as to what this is. Hmm. I'll find out. What do you think, King Jay? Um, well, I've so. already uh, read this SCP, but I think this one is particularly interesting because there is a whole lot narrative about it written from someone that mm -hmm. was in mm -hmm. this SCP, and uh, I, I don't know. I just really like it. Like a glimpse of nice. the SCP from inside of it. Nice. Find out. Find out what this cryptic prophecy means from King J. Description: mm -hmm. The SCP is a large retail unit previously owned by and branded as IKEA, a popular oh, furniture retail oh. chain. Um. Okay. I still don't totally know what this is, but this is one of those ones that I think is really popular. If I'm right, because it was one of those things that even though I've asked people, please don't spoil SCPs, please. Like people just can't help but bring it up. This happens with a lot of the really popular ones, like the thousands, or like mm. uh, when they were talking about the visual one and stuff. Um, so I don't know the details of this, but I did know there's, like, an Ikea that has, like, weirdo shit going on in it. Um, right. I did know that existed, and I guess that is this. Well, a person entering the SCP through the main entrance and then passing out of sight of the doors will find themselves translocated to SCP-1. This displacement will typically go unnoticed as no change will occur from the perspective of the victim. It will generally not become aware until they try to return to the entrance. Dash 1 is a space resembling the inside of an Ikea furniture store, extending far beyond the limits of what could physically be contained within the dimensions of the retail units. Current measurements indicate an area at least 10 kilometers square, with no visible external terminators detected in any direction. Inconclusive results from the use of laser rangefinders have led to the speculation that the space may be infinite. Dash 1 is inhabited by an unknown number of civilians trapped within prior to containment. Gathered data suggests they have formed a rudimentary civilization within Dash 1, including the construction of settlements and fortifications for the purpose of defending against Dash 2. Dash 2 are humanoid entities that exist within Dash 1. While superficially resembling humans, they possess exaggerated and inconsistent bodily proportions, often described as being too short or too tall. You got any thoughts about that? Hey, I've been described as... I was about to say, <laughs> I've been described as being too short by many women on Tinder. Maybe I'm an exaggerated humanoid entity. They simply they forgot at, about me in that Ikea. They look at you and get, like, existential horror. Like, this was things man was not meant to know. Alright, I'll kill you now. So anyways, our next uh, they possess no is named Darnell. <laughs> <laughs> a perfectly regular normal... No, no, I can't make that joke. Has, has there ever been no so, an feet. SCP that's so anime? It was like a guy, but he got so angry he became anomalous. <laughs> he unlocked his Super Saiyan form. That has to exist, right? I'll write it. Well, they possess no facial features, and in all observed cases, wear a yellow shirt and blue trousers consistent with the IK employee uniform. What are you wearing right now, Darnell? Uh, I'm actually wearing a grey sweatpants and a grey shirt, because I'm really boring. Sure you are. 
Dash 1 has a rudimentary daylight cycle <laughs> determined by the overhead lighting from the space activating and deactivating <laughs> at times consistent with the opening and closing times of the original retail store. During the Hey Darnell, you uh, work retail, right? I used to. I work at a dog... Well, the I theoretically work at a dog place now. Hey Darnell, are you recording this, this from this Ikea? Is... I hate my life. <laughs> All I know is I went to leave my job the other day, and some dude pulled me over and shoved a bunch of pills in my mouth, but I spit them out because they were gross. But I made sure he didn't see me do it. I'm going to pretend that was real. I don't get this joke. I'm saying I, I bypassed the amnestics. Ah. During the night, instances of Dash 2 will become violent towards all other life forms within Dash 1. During these bouts of violence, they've been heard to vocalize phrases in English that are typically variations of The store is now closed. Please exit the building. I feel like retail <laughs> workers would actually do this if someone stayed late. I thought about it time I was actually visiting Darnell, and when the uh, clock struck midnight, he started screaming something like that at me, and it was a very weird experience. He broke both of my legs. Because a lot of the stores have a thing where it's like, even if they close, if there's someone still there, you have to wait till they leave, so it's like nightmare world. But then other people come in in the time that you're open, and it never ends. Once day begins, Dash 2 instances immediately become passive and begin moving throughout Dash 1 seemingly at random. They are unresponsive to questioning or other verbal cues in a state that will react violently if attacked. Dash 1 is Ooh. known to have, just like real retail workers... <laughs> I feel like this is more like retail customers than workers. No, when you attack retail workers, they get violent. No, they don't. They have to say, I'm sorry, it was my fault, customer. Please don't fire me, managers. Um, I know this firsthand. I tried to defeat one. How do you think this SCP <laughs> what happened? evolved in response to the coronavirus? If they all wear masks now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do, do, do the Dash 2s wear masks now? They don't need to. They don't have facial That's features. True. How can they inhale That's the virus? True. Ah. Corona Dash, immune. They knew. Dash 1 is known to have one or more exits located within, though these exits do not appear to have a fixed position, making it difficult to leave Dash 1 once inside. So, I like this actually because because usually an SCP is like, once you're gone, you're done for, but this implies that <laughs> hypothetically you can escape, and this would make an excellent horror game. <laughs> I believe this is a, this one, there is a game of this. Using any of door... oh, uh, I don't know down. if it's any good, but I'll have it. Using any other door besides the main entrance to enter the structure, or breaking through the walls of the retail unit, leads into the non-anomalous interior of the original store. Since containment began, and 14 individuals have managed to exit the SCP. Following extensive debriefing, all individuals have been administered as nestics and released. Incident Dash 1. At 37 minutes past midnight on blank blank 2000 blank, a human male exited the SCP, followed 10 seconds later by an instance of Dash 2. Dash 2 in court and killed the man before itself being terminated by armed response personnel. No! He finally saw the light of day! Please! This incident represents the only time an instance of Dash 2 has been seen exiting the SCP. A full autopsy on the corpse was performed. See autopsy log for more details. The man was carrying an IKEA-branded journal, seeming to document his time in Dash 1, to describe below verbatim. He will like to... It's fucked up. Why don't you and Jack uh, popcorn? All right, how about... Yeah, Jack, do you want to popcorn this? We take turns doing each block. Uh, yeah, sure. 
Uh, do you want right, to go do first? Do you want to do the first one? Uh, I can go first. Yeah, go ahead. This is like the two of you meeting in a hallway and like trying to step out of each other's way. <laughs> so, I'm writing this to document what I can only assume is my... <laughs> so, I'm writing this to document what I can only assume is my sudden descent into insanity. I can't possibly be that bad a navigator. And yet as I write this, I've been trapped in Ikea for two days. I haven't seen another person in the entire time I've been here. I thought it was a prank at first. Turn the place into a maze, get all the people out, and see how long it takes to... Uh, me to get lost. Then everyone has a good old laugh. Realized that wasn't the case when I tried to backtrack. Everything had changed, so I ended up lost. Instead of the exit, it was just row after row of bookcases. You know, I know this is like a horror setting, and in the SCP, obviously, but this is also just a mystery dungeon. This is Pokemon also just Ikea. Dungeon. <laughs> True. So, Pokemon I'm trapped in Ikea. Ikea. Sounds like this. <laughs> Explorers of Ikea. Explorers of Ikea. <laughs> <laughs> So, I'm trapped in Ikea. Sounds like a setup for a bad joke. Wait, aren't there YouTube videos about this? People who are like, guys, I spent 24 hours in Ikea. <laughs> just, just like faceless creatures hunting them. You ever hear that one story of a guy who like lived in a government building or something for like a month? Based? That's pretty funny. The lights went out at 10pm yeah, and nearly gave me a fucking heart attack. That loud electrical thunk sound, and then pitch blackness. Place is full of beds, though, and my phone has a torch on it. Oh my god, he's British. But no damn signal. So I found a bed and went to sleep. Spent most of the next day trying to find my way out with no luck. Did find a restaurant serving those meatballs, though, so at least I won't starve. That's probably the punchline to that joke. Anyway, they were still warm and fresh, but I haven't seen anyone around who could have cooked them. Made my way back to the beds before the lights cut out again, since it's too dark to search with them off. It's 9.10am now. The lights came back on a little while ago. I'm sure I've searched the entire area around where I came in now, and the exit obviously isn't here. So I'm going to pick a direction and hope for the best. <clears throat> uh, I guess it's my turn. Uh, yeah. Day three of my magical IKEA mystery adventure. If if I wasn't sure that there was something seriously weird about this place before I am now, walked for three hours in a more or less straight line. Insert IKEA joke here before I came across a ladder next to one of the huge stock shelves they have here. Climbed up to get this my bearings. So did he... Like this place. Huh? Did he... Did he write insert Ikea joke here? Yes, he did. So not only is this yeah. dude... Br this dude is not only British, but he's a fucking writer. Thank God he's dead. Oh my God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. This was a real human Jesus. being, Darnell. Just because he, he didn't give you fucking gold. <laughs> Gift me gold, what? Oh, reddit gold. <laughs> Thanks for the gold, kind stranger. <laughs> Alright, sorry, continue. Uh, climbed up to get my bearings, and it looks like this place just stretches on forever. Like that scene from The Lion King, except instead of trees and grass, it was all shelves and tables and crap. I did... I did see a person moving not too far away, though, so I headed over. Thought it was a staff member at first. It was wearing the uniform. And hell, maybe it was. Maybe freakish seven-foot-tall monsters with long arms, short legs, and no faces are just the kind of things they want working at Super Ikea. Damn thing completely ignored me, though, and with no eyes nor ears, I can't even be sure it knew I was there. Th thought something about shoving... Or thought about shoving it or something, 
to get its attention, but its hands were big enough to crush a watermelon, so I decided against it. It just kept moving along, and eventually I lost sight of it, so I decided to carry on the way I was going. Anyway, no comfy bed for me tonight. Looks like I've entered the improbably hard and pointy <laughs> table section of the store. Guess I'll have to make do with some bunched up tablecloths. Phone battery died during the day too. Didn't work anyways, but I feel I've lost some vital lifeline. Okay, so real quick, I would like to note that I kind of love like the kind of morbid uh, humor is at his own expense. Like, that's a very realistic personal touch. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. I think it's yeah. neat, although it does feel a little Redditor-esque. Um, well, don't <clears throat> judge him. You ever see one of those cartoons where the... You're right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Ikea fictional <laughs> character, man. <laughs> fictional? This wasn't real? Oh, right, sorry. <laughs> you ever see one of those cartoons where they're going through doors in a hallway and they just pop out of another door in the same hallway? That's how I feel right now. I've seen nothing but the same identical bookshelf for two days now. Just row after row after row of them. I mean, come on! I love books as much as the next guy, but this is excessive! I'm obviously still moving forwards, though. I can see the signs hanging overhead passing by. Too bad none of them say exit. Not sure who I was addressing that question to. Let's just say it was practice for the autobiography I'm going to write when I get out of here. I'll call it my perfectly normal trip to a regular old Ikea. If I ever get out. Uh, I kind of I love mm -hmm. that we keep switching accents every time we do this. Uh. <laughs> Finally, found mm. some other people. Yeah, turns out I'm not the only poor bastard trapped in here. Lucky for me, I guess. My sixth night here, two of those staff things came at me in the dark. Different from the first I saw, but still messed up. Heard them coming. They were saying the store was closed and I had to live, leave the building, all nice and polite-like. I'm not sure which part of that was weirder, that they didn't have mouths and then, and, or that they were apparently trying to kill me while they were saying it. Came at me like rabid dogs. So I legged it, sprinting through the Ikea in the dark like a fucking madman. I saw, I saw it when I cleared another stand of those giant stock shelves, all lit up with torches and floodlights. They've built a whole town in here, got a massive wall built out of shelves, shelves and beds and tables and whatever else. I swear to God, it was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen. Anyway, I guess they heard me coming, or maybe they heard my girlish, manly bellows of fear. Because they had a gate open, and two people there were waving me in. Heard the staff thing slit, slam into the gate behind me after it closed, still politely informing us all that the store was closed. They, they wandered off eventually, though. They called the town Exchange, because that's what was on the sign hanging from the ceiling directly above it. Exchange and Returns, all lit up against the night using lights they found and plugged in the power lines. And there are beds and food and people, over 50 wonderful people with regular side limbs and a full set of facial features. It's now my seventh night here, and the first one not spent in darkness. A full week living in Ikea. There's probably a TV show in that somewhere. Now see, I'm not saying this isn't a surreal and interesting story, but so far this kind of just seems like a zombie show reskinned to, to Ikea, because comedy Ikea easy to get lost in. But I will try to reserve my judgment for the narrative, because the narrative is surprisingly competently put together. 
um, and interesting so far. But that's just the opinion I'm I getting do so actually, far. I do actually uh, have to agree with you. I did get some big Walking Dead vibes from this. Yeah, there's definitely yeah. some Walking Dead vibes. Absolutely. <clears throat> now that I'm around other people, I've started to feel more normal. Maybe normal isn't the word, but after a week with only the sound of my own footsteps for company, I was becoming increasingly sure that I'd just gone nuts, that I was tied up in some padded room somewhere, banging my head against the wall. But no, I feel quite sane now. Thank you very much. Apparently there are other towns out there, some with more people, some with less. I found that fairly mind-boggling. How could that many people go missing with no one noticing? Surely someone would have noticed that everyone who goes to Ikea seems to fucking vanish. Or maybe it's not everyone. Maybe we're just the lucky ones. The people here just call those staff monster things the staff. Apparently they're fine during the day, minding their own business, walking the aisles. As soon as those lights go out, though, they go fucking bonkers. So during the day, people go out to find food, water, and whatever else they need. Apparently there are restaurants and shops around that randomly get restocked. No one knows how. Maybe the staff do it. Apparently they aren't very good at their jobs, though, because the restocking sometimes takes a while, which means the food needs to be rationed. Maybe if they weren't so busy chasing people around in the dark, they'd get more done. But my question is, if it's constantly shifting, how do they find the town when they go out to get food? Yeah? Um, they might be, like, uh, they might just be using, like, the big signs as, like, a sort of a beacon. Yeah, that makes more sense. I thought it was the ending that shifted. No, 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 all of it does, because remember he said even when I tried to backtrack, the stuff behind me was different now, and he had a whole right. day where there were just books and stuff. Okay, so well, I, I would like to present... A bit more I would like to present a theory. Maybe, like, instead Ooh. of, like, all the different walkways and stuff shifting, maybe it's, like, entire, like, uh, squares of the SCP that are shifting around. So like That's what I think. Kind yeah, of like, so kind like, like preset rooms and, and a roguelike. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And they get shifted around and stuff, and so... As long as they don't move out. So as long as you stay in a certain range. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. I also wonder if anyone's ever tried, like, tying a rope to the town and, like, going as far as they can and seeing if, like, what happens to the rope behind them. That is a... Anyway, when night comes, the staff... Anyway, when night comes, the staff go nuts and everyone holds up inside the walls. Apparently it's the same everywhere in this place, whatever this place is. The Urk, the Ur-Ikea, from whence all other Ikeas sprang. Or maybe we're all still just in the regular Ikea, and this is all some fever dream brought on by mind-numbing boredom. Who knows? Been here for ten days now. Most of the people I asked said they stopped keeping track a long time ago, and one guy, Chris, said he'd been in here for years. Years! Uh, illegible scribbles. Apparently, there are some rumors of people who do manage to get out, and of people who see the exit only to have them it vanish before their very eyes. I get the feeling not everyone believes that, but I do. Explains how we got stuck in here in the first place, sort of. And I mean, come on, staff monsters, row after row of, of high-quality Swedish furniture. I don't know why they would find a disappearing door so hard to believe in. Anyway, I went out scavenging for food at a nearby shop with Sandra and Jerry today. Once you learn the landmarks of this place, it's not so hard to navigate. The overhead signs help a lot, but there are others. Not too far in the distance, a huge section of those giant stock shelves has collapsed against each other, and away off in the east, we assume it's east anyways, because apparently Ikea doesn't sell compasses. I wonder if that's true. Uh, Anyways... Uh, is some kind of tower that looks like it's made of wood, reaches all the way up to the ceiling. Maybe they were trying to break out through the roof. Lights up 
lights up at night, so there must be people there, but it's apparently a few days' walk, which means it must be miles away, so no one really knows for sure. Apparently, I got incredibly lucky sleeping out in the open for a week without getting ripped to bits by the staff. That's me. Lucky, lucky, lucky. We found some food in the shop. Guess the staff restocked it during the night, which was nice of them. There was a telephone on the wall, so I figured I'd try it out. There was a voice on the other end, but they were talking nonsense. Random words strung together with no meaning. You ever see a video of someone with aphasia? Kind of sounded like that. It didn't answer me when I spoke to them anyways. Sandra said all the phones in here are the same. Oops, asking the journal questions again. I was thinking last night. The ceiling on this place is pretty high, and as far as anyone can tell, it goes on forever. Shouldn't there be some kind of weather in here? I'm sure I read about some NASA building that was so big it had its own weather patterns with clouds and stuff. Is, is that real? I don't know. Uh, yes, it is real. I did look this that up after reading it. This place is definitely bigger than that. Hang on, yeah, let me... They get, like, clouds and shit and rain in the yeah, building? Yeah, yeah, no, let me... Just like Minecraft. Let me, uh, show it to you. It's called the Vehicle Assembly Building. It has actual weather phenomenon in there. That's kind of poggers. I assume it's because they have a window at the top, yeah? So the sun can, like, no, make rain things happen? Uh, no, it's because the building is just, like, that big and that spacious that weather phenomenons just naturally happen in there. That's pretty funny. How do they deal with rain on, like, the computers and stuff? Uh, I have no idea. I don't, I don't Does the think Empire State like, Building have that? Uh, I would, I don't State think so, because... Weather. Yeah, because the Empire State Building is... Like, it's bigger, for sure, but it's not as spacious, you know? Mm-hmm. This place is definitely bigger than that, but now that I think about it, I'm pretty sure I've never felt so much as a temperature change in here. I'll add it to the grand list of weird bullshit. Oh, sorry. Uh, I, was, <laughs> I, was, I, was re I was reading about the weather stuff. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I guess that we know what your next book's going to be about, sir. <laughs> Imagine a fictional building where, like, weather happens on the inside. Imagine how crazy that would be. I can't believe I got transplanted to another world that has weather inside buildings? <laughs> and on the outside, it's, like, always clear as day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um... Just a fucking NASA guy and a it's like, with a funny face on and a bunch of medieval people around him. It's it's like a it's like um an inverted world. You 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 know how in like uh, Shin Megami Tensei Nocturne the planet is like inside out. It's that. Anyways. Mm -hmm. uh, oh God. <laughs> uh, the staff attacked the exchange last night. Must have been twenty or thirty of them, all asking us to leave the store as calm as you like while trying to smash the walls down with their bare hands. Apparently this happens pretty regularly, so everyone is prepared for it. Knives from the restaurants, lawnmower blades made from hatchets, a fire axe, one guy, Wazim, even made a functional crossbow. Anyway, the walls have holes in them, which I hadn't noticed before, specifically so they can stab out of the staff when they attack. Uh, took a yeah, couple of very zombie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is like... This, you know what? I take back the Walking Dead vibes. This is um, Metal Gear Survive. Because this is the tactic. <laughs> there, are Metal Gear. there are still Walking Dead vibes. There are still Walking Dead vibes. Like Daryl's walking around with a crossbow. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I, and I don't want to insult this too hard, especially because I've I don't, I, I'm not implying they're ripping off zombie stories. I'm just saying it's, it's a very a familiar questions. story to, uh, yeah, yeah, to, to, yeah. to the time to, when this to, came out. I yeah. would, a personal note for me, to the writer out there, I don't know if you're listening to this or not, but I actually really enjoyed reading this. It was pretty cool that you included a first-person narrative from inside the SCP. I think that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Great job. That's something um, that's something Tan and I talk about a lot because a lot of times the value of the SCP comes from the narrative or what you've got going on with the themes it's trying to give off rather than just look how big and cool my monster is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think SCPs that are just like monsters are completely boring. Um, no offense to the yeah. SCPs writers but, who do that. Um, even it depends though on what you do with the monsters that makes it interesting. Yeah, if yeah, you make yeah, a monster yeah. that has, like, a story around it or a theme, it's different than just being 682. I said yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 682 was only made retroactively interesting by other articles and tales. Yes. I think... Don't at me. I really liked reading Tan's Event Indigo event, because it was, like, this whole big overarching story with all these surreal happenings going on. It was incredibly mm. interesting. Tan makes great stuff. Um, I've been reading his stuff even before I got into SCP. I told I told the fans that that's why I really want to fucking read five thousand. But we have to get all the way to five thousand on the podcast, and it stings because I want to read it. And be are happy we reading for like him. every SCP in order? <laughs> no, but he's series. hit. The um, idea is, I you know, I didn't really ever do SCP except reading some of Tans he posted for us. So Tan, the the idea of the series is he's it, it's like those videos where someone's like, "Hey mom, what do you think the JoJo character's name is?" or something, <laughs> and he gets my reactions of like all his favorite or what he at least deems notable SCPs from each era. And mom, once we can get you tell to me which JoJo this is? Yeah, you've never seen those videos where they're like, I asked my grandma what this character's name is, and they'll look at Jodo and be like, Clint, Clint Eastwood. Uh, like, yeah, I asked Whoa. my grandma to identify. You, you, actually, you ever see the Pro ZD video where it's like, I asked Wait, my grandma. To I, I like the idea that they go through characters. And then the grandma names all directly. the JoJo characters. Like yeah. they, they go for all the JoJo characters. Like, oh, that's Clint Eastwood. That's that's a Scooby Doo. That's um, I don't know. I can't. It's good. Another one, and then it gets to do goes Dior Summer. <laughs> <laughs> I almost oh, wish. That's, I that's almost wish you didn't Giovanni's tell me the article. I almost wish you didn't tell me the article names. And after reading the containment procedures, I had to guess what its name was. Well, <laughs> it's too late. We're episode forty six. <laughs> Oh my god, we've been doing this for almost a year. That makes me dizzy. Sorry, continue. Where where the fuck were we? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, uh, anyways, the walls... Oh, we, were, we, had we, had the the we had to haul the bodies away in the morning. We had to haul the bodies away in the morning. Okay, we had to haul the bodies away in the morning. Apparently the dead ones will attract more during the night, so we had to get them away from exchange. We have... We have a couple of those trolley things they used to move big boxes around. We, so we loaded them up and took them over to pick up. Apparently, ju- ev- people just name everything in here after whatever sign is hanging overhead. Um, I would like to note that kind of makes me think of, like, Novak from um, Fallout mm. New Vegas. Since the town is named mm-hmm. after the yeah. big sign that says no, no vacancy. Um, yup. Which is which I thought was really creative, and you know it makes sense, especially when you are too busy trying to survive to come up with like this is Edwardsville named after me, Edward. Like, like you already have the sign up. It's just more convenient too. 
Yeah, it makes it more convenient for travelers to find it, too. If someone, like, talks about, say, Novak, they, they see the big Novak sign, they're like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, pickup was grisly. There were hundreds, maybe thousands of dead staff all piled up. There was no smell, which was a blessing. Apparently, in addition to not bleeding, these things don't rot either. My curiosity got the better of me while we were unloading them, so I took a look at one of the more cut-up ones. They're just skin, or something that looks like skin, all the way through. No muscle, no bones, no organs. Are they really alive in the first place? They certainly seem like they have bones so in them. So, maybe... So, maybe I'm crazy, because maybe skin isn't enough flesh to eat, but if you have this many of them, uh, couldn't they theoretically cook this? Has anyone tried to eat them as food? Because that uh, would solve your food problem, too. Well, I think, um, I think that would be risky because, um, while human meat is safe to eat if you cook it well enough, so long as you're not eating the brain, mm. um, we don't actually know if this is human flesh. Um, right. And, and first you of all, simply have a guinea pig, that, you I'm let them eat it. You simply um, need some courage. Mm -hmm. Yeah you, yeah, you just have to have one guinea pig do it. It just surprised me in these like tribalist towns that no one was like, "All right, we're gonna force Jimmy to eat it and see what happens." Uh, I think it's uh, if you want my personal theory, I think that humans are a lot more civilized than we give them credit for. I don't think that I totally agree with you. That's why I don't like. That's actually why I don't like most post-apocalyptic stories, because they always talk about humans evil and bad. But I'm still surprised that they didn't write that someone tried it, or tried to force someone to do it. Yeah, yeah. And, again, when we talked about Fallout, that's actually one of the things I like about Fallout. Even though people get, like, so barbaric in that setting, they never lose that, like, basic humanity. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of what this thing is trying to go for. No, I agree. It's That's the exact reason... Why I like Fallout and why I don't like most zombie shows, but this is actually pretty interesting. I just noted I was surprised to not see that. You would think with something like that, there would have been that at some point. Yeah, yeah. But still, yeah, yeah, yeah. you make a good point. Uh, and I could see a totally weird subplot though about someone eating it and then becoming a staff in exchange and tearing it up, causing the guy to leave. Uh, yeah, I would. I would. That would actually be an interesting question to address. I do agree with you there, and. I think that would be the yeah. natural outcome, frankly, which is probably why none of these guys thought to do it, but... Yeah, that, that's SCP-3008-IF story. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is the DLC package. Uh, they certainly seemed like they have bones when they were moving around, pounding on the walls. I'm sure I felt more resistance than just skin when the knife went in during the night. Maybe something happens to them when they die. Just one more thing on the ever-increasing list of weird shit that goes on in here, I guess. Something occurred to me after the staff attack the other night. Every time you see a situation like this on TV or in a film, like it's the end of the world or everyone is trapped on an island or whatever, once groups like ours start to form, people always seem to turn on each other, fighting for food or dominance or whatever else. That hasn't happened here. Apparently, people from other towns come by from time to time just to check in or occasionally to trade if they are short on something. But everything is always cordial. Friendly, even. Maybe it's the threat of the staff, or perhaps the constant restocking of supplies in the shops means there's nothing much to fight over. Many people are... Maybe people are just better than they are originally given... Generally given credit for. That's a nice thought. I think I'll go with that one. Oh, that's what you just brought up. And I think you're right. 
Yeah, uh, and I agree yeah. with that. I feel like that's that's kind of the folly of a lot of post-apocalyptic stories is this idea that humans evil and will always fuck each other over. Because one, that's not even how we evolved as a as well. species. Yeah, yeah. We, we have one like, that's not even how humans evolved as a species to survive. But two, like people aren't that horrible most of the time. We have like specifically evolved to be very social creatures. I mean, hell, it's a, literally mm-hmm. a scientific phenomenon where uh, it's like, people in their darkest moments will like show themselves to be willing to sacrifice themselves for someone else. It, it's just oh, a proven yeah. thing. It's like in a zombie movie. Like I roll my eyes whenever mm-hmm. someone comes out in a zombie movie. It's like not the zombies that scare me; it's the people. I'm like, <gasps> yeah. Or like the second someone gets bit by a zombie, it's not let's see if they transform and keep watch over them or help them through their last moments. It's always I gotta blow his head off right oh, now. Ah! Take his arm I was off right your now. Wife for Fifteen years. I fucking hate you, Sherry. I've been waiting for this moment. Uh, I think it's it's your move on a dozen yeah, people. Yeah, 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 it is. Um, I didn't know if you had anything else to add. So. Anyway. Oh, no, I was just making a joke about how I hate zombie movies, but really like this SCP. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree with that. Uh, a dozen people showed up at the gates this afternoon from a town called Trolleys. Apparently, the staff broke through the walls and tore down the town, tore, tore the town apart last night. These 12 are the only survivors out of over 100. We let them in, obviously. One more point in the human decency column. Later, I asked if anyone knew how many of these towns were out there. Between us and the new folk, we managed to come up with over 20 names. 20 towns filled with people, and who knows how many beyond that. I think at that point, with that many people, you could almost classify this SCP as a mini-state or country. Uh... Yeah, I think it's kind of like uh, Neverland, but for boomers. <laughs> <laughs> there you are, Peter. That's that's the name of this episode, Neverland, but for boomers. I want you to write that down, Tan. I, no, I don't care. The Adventures of Lord Blackwood is a longer title than ne- Neverland for boomers. What are you talking about? I okay. wrote it down. You, no, you just shortened it. <laughs> <laughs> you, you shortened it the second time you said it to make a fool of me. No, I said Neverland but for boomers. That's shorter than The Adventures of Lord Blackwood. Why don't you read the SCP? Uh, uh, actually because uh, because I still have to. Oh, I'm sorry, sir. I'm sorry, sir. <laughs> I love how we spend so much time having fun. This might be the only SCP we read today. I mean, to be honest, I'm I'm kind of fun. I'm kind of fine with that because, like, the important thing is that we all have fun and that everyone listening has fun, right? Uh, Absolutely, and I hope so, you guys are having fun. Yeah, so go on. It might be two SCPs today because the other one's very short. <laughs> okay, that's fair. And to be fair, right, this is a really long narrative one. It's not like the usual SCPs. Uh, anyways, the oh yeah. The motto for this place should be, how is this even possible? Surely someone, somewhere, must be looking for thousands of people that must be in here. <laughs> the foundation be like... <laughs> uh, by the way, uh, speaking of long narratives, Jack, if uh, there are longer ones on the wiki than this, but we read one called 1730, uh, and we had like the author on for the last episode, and that was like three two-hour long episodes. It was literally like a fucking trilogy to finish that one. That, was that sounds awesome. Yep. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And Cactus was a great guy. I wish we had him on for all three, but even still having him on for the last one was a ton of fun. 
Uh, <clears throat> he's, he's the third. Uh, I've been here for a little over. <laughs> the strongest. Well, actually, you're the strongest, uh, but he's pre a pretty close second. I've been here for... A, he's actually uh, the most upvoted author on the wiki. He's a really cool guy. I think he's on break recently, oh. uh, but still, he's he's awesome. I hope we have him again on again sometime. Uh, I'd love I've to been here him. for a little over two months now. Yeah, he's great. Not that much changes, as it turns out. A couple of new people showed up. Same story as the rest of us. Nice little trip to Ikea, and suddenly they're trapped in Billy's bookcase's house of faceless weirdos. The staff attack the exchange once or twice a week. We kill them and haul their bodies off. Sometimes they hurt some of us first. They killed a guy called Jared a couple of weeks back. It was awful, frankly. Turns out regular humans still bleed in here, even if the staff don't. We tried our best, but none of us are doctors. Doctors don't... People who have doctor salary don't have to shop at Ikea, I guess. Oh. Jared was a good guy. He deserved better. We all do. It occurred to me a couple of days after that. None of us were really looking for a way out of here. I don't even know where we'd start. Uh, one of those quadcopter things with a camera attached buzzed past exchange today. I thought it meant someone was finally looking for us, that help was on the way. Apparently it's not the first time this has happened, though. Same thing happened a few months ago and everyone is still here. No idea if it saw us. It didn't stop if it did. Just kept flying until we could no longer see it. And this one is followed by a very interesting note, I think, uh, that reads, yeah. Based on mm -hmm. recovery time of the journal, this entry appears to line up approximately with our first successful test piloting a drone inside SCP-3008-1. Analysis footage shows a walled settlement under a sign labeled Exchange and Returns. Attempts to relocate the settlement failed. Origin of previously sighted drone is unknown. And I would like to say that it's yeah. interesting that it notes that drones have been in there before, while the SCP Foundation has only been in there once, uh, which implies that... Maybe it was that, an unsuccessful yeah. test previously. Uh, mm -hmm. that, that's true. No, I think Jack's I right. This implies that it took them a while to find it. Uh, uh, I was going to suggest that SCP Foundations from other universes might be having like a better time in this. Maybe. You know, um, I had a bone-chilling thought, Tan. Okay. As you know, we haven't seen Hunter Spatifora for a while on the oh server. Oh my god, he's in Ikea. <laughs> I know, we have to rescue him. And that's why I'm proposing in the lore of our podcast that we go on the official Ikea rescue mission to retrieve Hunter Spatifora. Of course, we will. <laughs> Once we're done with today's SCPs, we'll enter that place. And <laughs> that is the new, that will be our new arc, is the Finding Hunter arc. <laughs> I started talking to people about the stuff they missed from home during dinner today. Probably not the best idea I've ever had. Everyone seemed pretty down after. A bunch of people here have families. Husbands and wives. Kids. Dogs. Franklin apparently has a pet llama, though I'm not sure I buy that. But apparently some of the people here have some seriously odd gaps in their knowledge. Three of them had never heard of the International Space Station. Oh god. Two of them seemed to think that blink blink was the Prime Minister. And one of them had apparently never heard of the Statue of Liberty. No way. And Ikea has not been around since that long. Fuck off. Keep reading. I believe them too. They seemed just as confused as the rest of us. The more I thought about it though, the more it started to explain a few things. What if the reason no one is looking for us missing people is because we haven't all come from the same place? This is going to sound weird. Maybe that should be the motto for this place. But what if all the people here have come from different dimensions? Realities. Whatever you call it. 
I've seen enough TV shows to know the drill. Sarah comes from a place where there is no Statue of Liberty. They didn't launch a space station where Wasim is from. If everyone here came from different places, even from ones that seem identical, there'd be no huge missing persons panic. No mass search. We'd just be a blip. A single missing person in a world of non-stop news. Well, that was a fun train of thought. Uh, okay, and, that, that's actually way better. I thought it was going to go with the whole all-throughout-time thing. That's what I was saying before with, like, the drone, because this would... I think this is implying that SCP, uh, S, uh, SCP uh, foundations and, like, other timelines or universes are having, like... Um, or, like, also investigating this place at the same time. Mm-hmm. It also explains how people keep arriving, even if they've got it locked down in this universe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because yeah. because no right. matter what, if we follow the uh, idea of infinite universes, there will always be one where either the SCP Foundation doesn't exist or can't contain this place. Uh, anyways. Mm-hmm. Uh, just realized that yesterday was the six-month anniversary of my arrival here. I wonder if Ikea sells potty hats. The routine around here has remained more or less the same. Okay, I would actually like to question, does Ikea sell calendars? Probably. I believe so. Uh, Let me look it up online. Ikea, oh, hang on. Ikea calendars. Yeah, they sell calendars. I'll just go into my local Ikea to check. Yeah, they do. They at least have advent calendars anyway. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I wonder uh, why the, uh, are like the calendars there not being updated like the food is? Because I would use the calendars to keep track of time. I don't know. Uh, well, maybe that's point. how we found out. It doesn't say how we realized. That's true. Also, now that we've gotten a, I know we haven't even finished the story, but now that we've gotten attached, I'm sad that we already know this ends with him finally escaping and then dying. Yeah, uh, you're gonna love the final lines. Um, oh, God. Uh, the routine around here has remained more or less the same. Uh, more new folks show up, one every couple of weeks or so. Food supplies go up and down, but we've never actually had a major shortage. Occasionally, we get a visitor from one of the nearby towns, usually checkouts or aisle 630. We check in with each other from time to time, occasionally trade supplies if someone gets particularly low or something. It's comforting in a way, a reminder we aren't alone in here, some small glimmer of civilization. Sometimes I bring medical supplies. Apparently, there's a pharmacy a few towns from checkout that gets restocked every now and then, so they share out whatever they can. I've never heard of an Ikea with a pharmacy before, but I, I, at this point, I wouldn't be surprised if someone had stumbled upon an Ikea organ harvesting lab. <laughs> would certainly <laughs> explain the staff. Uh, I would love that, like an Ikea that takes place in RimWorld. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> 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 speaking of uh, our faces. Not RimWorld existed. Uh, speaking of our faceless jailers, the attacks have been getting worse lately, three or four times a week now, with twice as many staff as there used to be. No idea where they all come from or why the attacks have increased. We tried following them one during the day a few weeks ago, me and Sarah wanted to see if they lead back to a staff room or something. Didn't seem to go anywhere though, just randomly wandered through the aisles. We had to turn back before we found anything. 
We've been reinforcing the walls, trying to arm ourselves better, certainly no lack of materials to use. Wazim has been making more crossbows, but it's pretty slow going. Too bad Ikea doesn't sell guns. Um, uh, I want to wonder, like... Imagine the actual feral energy of Ikea guns. <laughs> uh, you fucking have to put them together, like Legos. <laughs> So, if this is implying that there's a universe where Ikea sells pharma pharmaceuticals, why isn't there a universe where Ikea sells guns? Or maybe the gun stores just no, carry Because that would simply be too powerful against the staff. It would be too powerful for whichever side got it, the humans or the staff. It would make the setting far less interesting, I think. That, that's if, if there were guns in the mix. There exists. The, that, that, that would be I like terrifying, billion... though, like Slender Man chasing you at, through the dark with a machine gun. <laughs> oh my god, imagine you're you in the woods, really you see in... fucking Slender Man waving his arms about and one hand's just holding a pistol. You know what would be really interesting? This one takes place in the UK with our main character, so it explains why he doesn't have a gun. But you know, some Americans like conceal and carry. There's actually a whole manga. I don't know if you've ever heard of this, Tan or uh, Jack. It's called I Am a Hero. And it's it's about a zombie outbreak, but it's like a lot more weird and alien. And uh, what's interesting about it is the main character is like not really much of a protagonist. The only reason he's a big deal is because he's like one of the only guys who has the license and actual gun in Japan. So like a lot of settlements fight over him, whether it's trying to take his gun or get him to stay with him. And he's like constantly like, he's not suited for fighting. Like he just had it for hunting animals, but he's special solely because he's like the only one in that place with a gun. That and it's really bizarre. That'd be interesting if there was like a character in here. Mm -hmm. uh, that kind of makes me think of like Mad Max, how, uh, except like Max n almost never has shotgun ammo. He just keeps the around the shotgun to like scare people. Oh god! And I imagine there's a big reveal where he's like, "I don't have bullets." That happened in Snowpiercer too, when they revealed the guards didn't have bullets. Oh no! And then they, they don't just have later. bullets. <laughs> There's so many cool things. I also, before we continue, I know we're almost at the end, but I want to say I want to apologize to this SCP because this is one of those ones that's really popular that everyone makes like lame jokes about because it's so popular. And uh, when you walk in and you see some of the similarities to zombie tropes, I admit I had a bit of a lesser opinion of it coming in. I didn't expect as much from it because I was like, oh, it's going to be something like 610 where people just like it because zombie or whatever. But this has been a really good piece it's well written the characters are interesting i think it's got a really nice take on humanity which we talked about uh i i want to give my apology to this scp this is honestly really really good work of really I good article to, um, I, I, the, want, I want to you agree with your you apology and I also want next to week. say that like your complaints though were completely understandable it did start off like kind of generic but like it develops into mm -hmm. something much more meaningful and interesting and i think that's that's Absolutely. great. That's great. Um, and and I gotta say, Mortos, I don't know who you are, but you did an amazing job with this. I hope you're still right in some capacity, wiki or otherwise. Uh, I can't. He's gonna like comment on this episode and be like, "Darnell, you son of a bitch! You shit talked my work so much." <laughs> <laughs> I'll be killing you now, Darnell. <laughs> he like shows up in your house left. at three in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Mortos appeared at my house at 3 a.m. challenge? Uh, I forgot whose All turn right, it is. You want to fin it? It's technically mine, but because the next one's a really short box, do you want me to do both or do you want to do the last one? Um, 
I'll I'll just read this. Um, I'll I'll read this next one because I think you're gonna want to read the last one. Uh, okay. Uh, note: No new personnel have entered SCP-3008 at site uh, blank in the time in time spent indicated in this entry. The attacks are getting bad now, almost every night, with so many staff that the bodies almost pile high enough for others to climb the walls. I think we're in real trouble here. Exchanges. I think exchange is done. We got hit pretty bad last night. Not many casualties, but the wall is wrecked. We finally figured out why the attacks had been escalating, too. A box of supplies had a chunk of one of the staff in there. No idea how it happened, but apparently a piece of one will draw them as well as a, as a full body. Too late now in it. Oh, that's probably why they don't eat them. Too late now in any case. There's too many bodies for us to haul away and still have time to fix the wall before night. Candace has called a meeting. I suspect there will be talk of abandoning exchange. Maybe try and get shelter at checkouts or something. It's already getting late, though. I don't think we'll have time to make it. Maybe some of us will. I was fine for that first week out in the dark, after all. But then, how often can I keep getting lucky? I'm only writing this for a sense of closure, I guess. For me, or for anyone who finds this... If this is the final entry here, I hope whoever's reading this is doing so from outside of this place. My biggest fear? If I do die tonight, I'll just wake up here again in the morning. This is the last entry. It is assumed that while attempting to reach the checkout settlement, he was separated from the rest of his group by a pursuing Dash 2 instance and happened upon the exit. That's a really sad ending. My, o My only complaint is that the whole body piece thing wasn't foreshadowed. But literally, other than that, like, that was really wild. Yeah, that, that would have been, place. like like what you said, it didn't occur to me, like, uh, we were talking about, like, the civilization stuff, and it didn't occur to me, like, oh, yeah, of course they don't eat the th stuff that attracts the other monsters. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> then they just become a permanent target forever. In this place, moments ago, Ikea man was... Oh, did he ever even have a name? He's just Ikea Man. Um, if, if anyone deserves to get SCP-2000, it's this dude. Uh, Bring him back. He's just, like, resurrected as an SCP. <laughs> the only person <laughs> to ever escape uh, Ikea. Wait, yeah, no, I'm giving 14 this an other people. I... Yeah, yeah. And, and to be fair, there might have been more. There might have only been 14 people in this dimension. But that brings to me one other interesting point, Jack. Yeah? How many individuals do you think have escaped into a different dimension than the one they came in? I was in? just thinking that, because what if, like, Wazim came out and he saw, the, <laughs> saw, the, um, he saw like, the International Space Station was like, well, damn. <laughs> How long have I been in here? This has been around forever. Oh, no. He wasn't lying about the Statue of Liberty. Massacre! That, that shining beacon of progress! Liberty summer. Uh, yeah, this I'm giving this a 13 out of 10. It has minor flaws and can be improved in slight ways, but honestly, it's an excellently put-together piece with a spectacular narrative, good prose and writing, interesting character, interesting setting, and I give it the full plus three for likability, so I'm giving it the 13 out of 10. I still like the Lily Vaselka one slightly more. But this is a very close second. I don't really understand right. how your rating system works, but I'm gonna give exactly. It a so up. I rate. I, I I'll ex I'll explain it to I I, I the, Tan. This Tan's is the just tenth time he's explained it's, on this it's podcast. It's written. 
it's written, it's out of 10 to start with, right? And the 10 is based on, does it have a good narrative? Is it structured? Good grammar? Good prose? Good characters? All that, yada, yada, yada. And then I can give up to plus or minus three, anywhere from zero Mario to Party? one, two, or three. It's yeah. bonus stars. It's like bonus stars. It's like bonus stars. <laughs> oh, so you're just playing like so Mario So 13 out of 10 is the... SCPs. Basically. <laughs> so, so 13 out of 10 is the highest possible rating. Okay. That means it got all the stars for its like good stuff, and then I gave it the full plus three for how much I liked it. Uh, I don't, I don't know if I'd give it a perfect rating, but I would give this a very high score because I think that even if it's not perfect, the the writer clearly put a lot of effort into this, and I want to encourage that. Yeah, spectacular work, Mortis. I hope you're still writing in some capacity. That was amazing, uh, and I think this took up the whole episode because we still have to do a comment reading, and it's already at the hour mark. Uh, yeah, can so we, we will like, leave the other recipes uh, for today. Let me. See. It's exactly at the hour I found, mark. I found his <laughs> our, our author page. Um, apparently, I don't mm-hmm. think he is still writing. His last SCP was written on the. 23rd of July, 2020. That's not that far far ago. I mean, some SCP writers... Tan has a whole shit post about how SCP authors always be like, I can't write today. Yeah, but this guy used to yeah, post some of them take uh, a while. monthly, it seems, or like several times a month. Uh, I think he might well, have... Well, that, that's around a little bit after when Corona got really bad, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. hope you're doing alright out there, Mortis. Uh, so I'm going to pick out some comments now, Jack. You can choose to respond to them with us as you wish. I just pick out a couple of comments from our last video and we kind of read and respond to them. Okay. Um, all right. So, uh, the ones I picked first one from Chaos Corvid. If Darnell likes the way anomalies are seen as weird, but not hidden, he might like the novel Roadside Picnic, which is all about people exploring anomalous zones. In the setting, it's a crime, but one rarely punished since the zones are so dangerous people rarely come back, making them their own punishment. It also inspired a film called Stalker and a series of games called Stalker, among other things, mostly called Stalker, all of which I highly recommend. It's a brilliant setting and, in my opinion, does anomalies way better than SCP as much as I do love SCP. Some of the games even have multiplayer, so that's something to consider recording. Um, I... I, I, I want to cut in by saying I fucking love Roadside Picnic and I fucking love the Stalker games. Um, so nice. I, I, I can't really answer that question because it was addressed to you, but I want to say to the person who asked that comment, um, good fucking taste. Yeah, Melissa was talking about Stalker a little bit not too long ago uh, on the Discord as well. So maybe, Tan, I, I would be willing to try it if you wanted to. At least the Zones thing anyway. I don't know about the games. Because I think Amori's going to keep us busy for a hot minute. Uh, if you guys, if well, you guys we'll play we'll Stalker, I want to watch. Sure. Uh, yeah, we might get to it. I, and, you know, now that we're doing two a week, we could always take an Amori slot for Stalker or something else if you want to. But I definitely want to finish Amori no matter what. Because I'm having a lot of fun with Amori. Uh, especially after our last recording uh, that should a- come out after tomorrow, this recording, after this have podcast to explain comes to me out. what Amori is, because I've never heard of it until today. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a new, like, RPG that was, like, six or seven years in development, and it's about, like, anxiety and depression stuff. So, like, it's got, like, kind of a cutesy Undertale vibe on one end, and then it gets, like, really fucked up, and we, like, just got to a fucked up part, and it was, oh. it was like, day and night. Oh. Uh, it's pretty interesting so far. And, and it's got a really interesting mechanic where you can change stats on enemies or allies and make people like basically super effective or weak by changing their emotions with various skills, which is kind of cool. 
next from Comedy Man Kelp, we have Lord Blackwood is one of my favorite characters on the entire wiki. Shame that new articles featuring him rarely ever get posted, but I guess him rarely appearing makes it all the more magical when he does show up. If you ever read more Blackwood, I would recommend Lord Blackwood's Revenge. It's a lot shorter than most Blackwood tales, and it works well as a sequel to the two you read today. Also of note, I'm pretty sure the anomalous warfare methods mentioned in the last tale were instances of SCP-186, which you guys have read on the podcast before. Blackwood even mentions a guy named Duran being behind the whole thing, which lines up with 186. What was 186 again, Tan? One eight six is the World War One one with the people who were made immortal and all the horrible anomalous World War One weapons. Uh, I don't remember that at all. It was really good. I, I uh, like that one. Yeah, I probably liked it too. I it, just it was a quite a while memory. ago. Yeah, I don't have the best memory. Dino Tail says, "Hey D and T, my SCP recommendations are SCP thirty five twelve, the more you know, SCP thirty three ten, the old man of the lake, and SCP thirty one fifty four, terminal state inducer. My theme recommendation is three Portlands. I like to imagine that Lord Blackwood was actually a sea snail the whole time, and throughout his adventures, nobody questioned it." The third set sentence of Chapter Three of Aetheral Space looks like Hunter has gone forever. But do not dispar, for I will become the new hunter Spatifora. I will take his name and use my dino powers to track down the man who killed him. Good luck. Yeah, good luck indeed. You'll never find uh, Maria it. J- Maria J. Bayari, I hope I pronounced that right, says, I think you guys could do a reading on the insect hell tales, in order, or otherwise it will be really confusing. You guys must read the ABRH file and the morality of insects before reading part four, though. Well, I'm interested look. in this comment. I wanted to bring this up to you, Tan, because I don't know if you know this, but I fucking love bugs. I think they're really cool. Okay. Um, but if this is just going to be like monsters reskinned as bugs, I don't want to read it. But otherwise, I would I'm be I'm not familiar with it myself, so I'll look into it. Uh, it is awesome. very hard for me to remember SCPs by number. Yeah, that's that's another thing I mentioned, because I'm sure you've experienced this too, Jack, as an ADHD person. Like, I already have trouble remembering stuff, but when people always refer to SCPs by numbers instead of their names, and that makes it... Like, I can recognize if someone's, like, Site-18, uh, but if someone's, like, SCP-1730, I don't fucking remember so it. I, I, I call some of them by number because that's what everyone else does, but I hate it so much. Uh, so that's actually one of my bigger complaints about uh, this website, and I think... Um, like, mm-hmm. I think it would be, like, kind of improved if we were, if you were, like, able to give them, like, I don't know, sort of, like, nicknames that the staff call them. Because, you, like... You, you can, actually. You do, you do have nicknames, but they're written on a separate page, never in the article yeah, itself. Yeah, yeah, but where, I, where, I feel, like, I feel like it would... I, I feel like it would make more sense, because, like, the sta- you can't expect mm-hmm. the staff in-universe to remember all these numbers. That, that's insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's silly. And then the last comment I chose for today from Quaker Buttonos128 uh, says, Forget 5,000. Okay, forgotten. 3477, when? Aetheral f- space fans know SJW stands for Samael Jambrezo Wackos. Mr. Deeds is actually an automatic. Darnell, if you like smaller, more personal SCPs, you'll enjoy 5031. Look forward to that when you get to Series 6 in like four months, I guess. The Tarasque tale is great. A fight between Abel and 682 could have been super cheesy and over-the-top or boring, but it being told from Blackwood's perspective makes it so much more interesting. There's a tale I really like that does something similar, Funerals Are Fun, where two SCPs meet and cause total chaos, but it's told from the perspective of a civilian under their effects. I won't spoil which two SCPs in case you ever read it on the podcast. Yeah, I agree with basically all that. So I have a question for you. Tan also agrees about forgetting 5,000. Uh, and Tan, too. Um, Anything, King J. Uh, you know that crocodile SCP that, like, cannot be killed by anything? 
682. Yeah, that's yeah, the 682. Uh, how do you think it would fare against SCP-297? Which one's 297? The, the, the nuclear vibrator. <laughs> I feel like it would adapt. It would yeah, the it, whole it gimmick would, was 682. It up, 682. Let's, just, let's just say it would take it like a champ. I'll say the whole reason 682 is interesting is solely because of other tales and media. Because all 682 is as a monster is basically the kid on the playground who always comes up for a reason why you couldn't defeat him in, like, pretend battles. He's, he's like, I shoot you! I am a bulletproof vest! I feel that, that like... I feel like literally in the so space the way, though, from 40k. I feel like... I, I have to do disagree with you a little there, Darnell. Because I feel like over time mm -hmm. you sort of become the opposite. Where now, when you write an SCP... No matter how powerful you make it, you can't make it something OP that it kills 682. That's like the unwritten rule now. So it sort yeah, of serves which the I opposite don't like. purpose. Why though? But it's like... Well, first of all, we know that's untrue because we read a tale where 682 died, remember? Yeah, but that was just the one, which is what makes it interesting because it's the exception to the... I suppose. Movie. I suppose. I'm, but I'm I feel like half the time... I feel like... Here. And I and I might be wrong, Tian, but I have a feeling that if someone I feel, I feel who wasn't like already you are and, and remember, Cactus... a little too much as monster versus monster here, because I, I, no, no, I, hear me out, hear me yeah. out, because because Cactus mentioned how unless you're a big writer, you can't get away with as much ambitious stuff. I feel like unless you were already a big name, if you write something that kills six eight two, people will downvote it because oh, you just want to be special and have a cool thing. I just... you have to already have a history to be able to write that and it go well. I don't know, man. I've seen people on the wiki get get pretty. I've read some of these comments, you know. I, I have to say, uh, like I don't. I don't really like that one person's uh, writing can like dictate how strong everyone else's can be. But it's not something that's an like ironclad rule. It's something that the community has sort of, as it gone on, decided on. So no one said that ha that is how it works. It's just that how that how that's developed. Right, but because the community SCPs can only stay up if they maintain a positive rating, it's really easy for the community to downrate and thus delete any article that would defeat 682 and make it special. Unless it's from someone that's art that both does a good job and is already an established writer that would have the community's respect. I feel like this is a problem that doesn't really exist, though. I, I guess I'm going to agree to disagree with you here. I don't know. Okay. I just really don't like 682 that much. I just wanted to. I just wanted to make a reference the vibrator at least once on this podcast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and now you've broken up discovering SCP. Oh come on, Tan! We've been through so much more than this. We're not going to break up over this. I, you I'm actually my replacing lizard. Darnell as the host. You never checked who wrote it, did you? It was me. You <laughs> peel the sticker off the name. It was actually Tan Honey. That's my OC. Do not steal. <laughs> Who actually? But I do have to agree that right. the actual six eight two article, I'm not that interested. In. It's just like the oh, it's written by it's solely. It's solely. Yeah. Uh, I think this was written by Doctor Clef, which is a name I know. It's not. It's written by Doctor oh. Gears. Oh, okay. It so is. Know. He writes so many other more interesting SCPs, though. Well, he's wrote like he wrote every notable series one SCP. You can probably bet it was written by Doctor Gears. So. It just surprises me because I feel like he usually. Goes for a more like creative and story oriented experience than six eight two, you know what I mean? 
Though I guess 682 does have his signature Series 1 thing of, like, thing that has a lot of test logs about it that people can yeah. add to. Because uh, the gear the gear one that turns different objects has a test log thing as well. Wait, yeah, those are the big two wait, test wait, logs. Wait, wait, hold that... on. Are you talking about the Immortal Alligator or the Vibrator? The Alligator. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I was talking about the Alligator, but he wrote another one. He wrote another one that's like a machine, and you put stuff in it, and it comes out as different things based on what yeah, you said. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was talking about the vibrator so like, if you... written by Doctor Clef, and that is a name I kind of know. Yeah, yeah, I would. Oh uh, yeah, but um, yeah. That, so. Over overall, though, six eight two is made retroactively more interesting by a lot of the tales. Like I really like the one with the ghost gal and the ghost gal in general, how she interacted with them in the test logs, and I and I think some of the experiment logs for 682 are fun and add more to the SCP that the experiment log is based on. Yeah, but I feel like as, yeah, as a for some of these earlier SCP articles, some of them I feel mm -hmm. serve more as like character profiles, and then there's actual stories that then do stuff with them. Yeah. So, um, that's I actually that's wanna, totally a fair point. I want to interject here. I actually just remembered there is one I really liked with the alligator where um, that there was like a fairy tale thing where a fairy tale book where you could like whatever in it and it creates a world and when the scientists tried to create a world where a big friendly lizard could kill the alligator and it was just a really short story and then they shoved the alligator in the book and it suddenly became like a huge novel about a Dragon Ball Z fight but eventually the alligator won and the book refused to take the alligator back I think right. I, I think that's a good bit that is a good bit. Fucking Dragon Ball Z. I can't believe they just wrote Aragon. Is that how, is that how George R.R. R. Martin makes books? <laughs> what do you mean makes books? He doesn't do that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, he's making it. He's, he's finger, fingers in quotation marks making Elden Ring. Uh, which we is talked probably about, why Elden we, Ring isn't done We talked done about uh, aspiring writers before, and that's what George R.R. R. Martin has become. <laughs> <laughs> Bruh. All right, uh, I should. I'm gonna. I should probably stop before I get too far out of my lane. Any anything you want to plug, King J? I mean, everyone already knows where to get your book and what it is. Um. Well, I would like to tell you all first, though, that um, you can't actually buy my book anywhere. It will come to you when the time has come. I see. I see. And uh, Tan, your plugs. Tan. Tan has abandoned us. <laughs> You'll find um, Tan eventually. Don't worry about I... it. <laughs> Hello? Where Can the hell did he go? There he is. <laughs> what uh, happened? I don't know what happened to me there. I don't know how long you my went to the IKEA. <laughs> I told you not to go in there alone. Damn it. I'm so Hello? Don't worry, Tan. Again? Yeah, can you hear yeah, us? Can hear you. Yeah. I do apologize. I don't All know right. what happened. This mic doesn't need to be broken. Anything you. Yeah, I've been telling you to get a new mic. He's been using a headset mic that's been echoing my shit forever, and he's like, "But it works." And I'm like, "No, get a real mic, please." Uh, I, 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 I really I'll help you. A real mic. I'll. But, um, right now, yeah. I'm using. A I'll help you pay for a new mic, mic, Tan. Nice. I'll literally help you if it's a money thing, Tan. But like, you no, need it's to just get that a new I'm lazy. Mic. Oh. <laughs> Uh, anything you want to plug? I assume you want to do your Aetheral Space and whatnot. Yeah, read Aetheral Space. Um, and leave a right review now, on actually. Royal Road. Leave a real review on Royal yeah. Road. And, yeah. uh, if you leave a review out. on Royal Road, you actually, you actually, if you leave a review on Royal Road, you will be targeted by uh, King J's book next. So, 
Uh, I would like to say, everyone so. listening to this, uh, comment on uh, Tan's ethereal space thing. Uh, Dragon Helgen. His name is not that anymore. <laughs> I changed it. That's, That's right, because Jack and, Jack and I both got to read the, the, the prequel to Aetheral Space, where he was Dragon Helgen, which is totally not inspired by a certain town it wasn't, in Skyrim. It wasn't even. I don't play Skyrim. I know, but how did you name him both almost dragging and the city where a dragon attacked? How? <laughs> Maybe with some comfort. I, I, I made fun of Tan so much when that happened. It was great. Was my first decisions when remaking it was to change his fucking last name. Wait, if Dragon ever has a, ki a kid, will they be a Dragonborn? Fuck you. <laughs> no, fuck you. Oh yeah, and I'm gonna plug Good Morning Poon Poon. Okay, go watch that if you like Smart Pants talk and people ranting about politics, kind of. Hell yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. Love and peace, right. everyone. Bye! Bye! Thank you, bye!